I'm prolific, so gifted. I'm the type that's gonna go get it. No kidding. Breaking down a switch in front of your building. Welcome back, world. Welcome back to another episode of the Lead Well Podcast. My name is Brandon Holland. I'm your host, BW Holland32 on social media. Uh, and today we've got Coach McLean from Appalachian State track and cross country with us. Good morning, Coach. How's it going? Good morning as well. Doing good, man. Doing real good. Um, I figured uh, how we do this episode, man, just um, for our listeners so that they can become more familiar with you. Um, could you just start out with like a little bit of your background and then how you got into coaching and, and then we'll uh, get into the discussion after that? Yeah, 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 no problem. Um, Damian McLean from uh, Lincoln to North Carolina, uh, graduated from Appalachian State in 2001, uh, graduated, um, went out to the real world. I was doing print advertising for a car dealership. Um, and then I got a call one day uh, from my old coach, Robert Johnson, who is now the director of track and field and cross country at the University of Oregon, uh, to come back here to coach at my alma mater. And I said, sure. Um, so ended up here right now going on my 19th year coaching here at Al, uh, my fourth year as the head track and field uh, coach here. And um, things have been great. And I can still remember the first year uh, fully, and it, that's how fast it's, it's been going. You know, so it's really you know, telling my age and how, you know, <laughs> how, how quickly this has been going as well. And, you know, it, it'll be over soon, which every year it's a new different adventure um, with different uh, athletes, the the personalities and the fun, the anguish and the laughter each year goes on. Um, but, you know, since that time they got married um got two wonderful daughters uh life is great no you know no matter if uh what challenges are in in front of you you know you gotta put one step in front of the other and keep it moving but i'm, I'm glad that i'm in this position get to touch a lot of uh, uh people minds hearts and souls uh, along the way that's awesome coach um and you know one of the questions that i that i had um this morning uh, track and cross country are, you know, definitely full body sports and it's yeah. all work all the time. Um, how do you keep people showing up when it, when it's time to work? How do you keep them, how do you keep your, um, your athletes motivated and, um, you know, chasing greatness? How do you do that? Well, in, in this time of, uh, of the pandemic and all the, the Black Lives Matter stuff in 2020 and leading up to all of that, this is probably the most challenging time of, of our careers. Um, and so we've had a lot of um, mental health things we had to take care of. Um, a lot of athletes not knowing where to go, where to be, who to turn to. It, it's very, it's very challenging. And um, as a, as a coach and being in this position, we have to be able to um, adjust ourselves because we've never been here before. We don't know if we're putting too much time into our family uh, or too much time into our jobs and not enough time elsewhere in order to be able to jug the athlete's uh, personality and their problems and their accomplishments and stuff like that too. But being, being on a high level, um, coaching these athletes, it's, it's difficult, but you know, we overcome those things. And uh, the, the biggest the biggest thing is it's got to stay positive 100 percent. 
Okay. Because uh, once once the athletes see that you're struggling as an individual, then it trickles down to everybody else too. And that's one thing you really don't want to happen on a team when you're trying to be successful. I get that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that's very true. You know, in all forms of leadership, they're going to pick up the energy that you're putting out. So yeah, I, yeah. I totally agree with that. Um, one Another question that I had, and I, I know you, you've seen it all, um, but in your opinion, what's the difference between um, – you know, I'm sure you, you've seen freshman athletes come in and not make it to their sophomore year. And mm-hmm. you've seen, um, you know, freshman athletes come in and be elite performers um, at their senior year. What's the difference between the freshman that, you know, doesn't make it to that to that next step and, you know, the, the other athlete who ends up performing um, at a high competition level? Um, I, I think it boils down to the, the individual and how they manage their time in college. That's outside of, of the athletic uh, part of it okay. uh, with academics, uh, social media, you know, their peers, you know, wanting to go do this, do that. I mean, because the biggest the biggest issue is that, you know, sometimes I explain to the uh, to, to the athletes is that you're not normal because you're an athlete you know once 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 you put yourself or sign on a dotted line um that i'm coming here that i'm gonna fully commit to this situation you can't act like a normal student all the time yes once you're done with the practice or competition you need to be in that realm so you can have a balance but there's there are certain things you can and can't do when you're you're a division one division two three or naia or juco uh, athlete it doesn't matter what level it is there are a certain amount of commitment or expectations that you've been put on and uh but the the difference i think i think it's the time management some people can can handle it they know how to spread their time out uh they know they do well academically uh athletically socially socially and uh some just don't because they put too much time in somewhere else and then it, it you know it, it could be a significant other it can be video games that's that's the biggest thing that i i come in uh, <laughs> bad contact with video games like you know um or just being out and about or wanting to you know please their friends so much that it affects the the, the athletic side of it uh for those other freshmen but if if that one piece of time management is taken care of then everything else flows uh naturally okay yeah yeah um you know when i when i first started college and then you know my first two or three weeks in you know i I realized that you know you only have one or two classes a day sometimes yeah and i just couldn't (laughs) figure out like how are people flunking out of college and um, you've got all the time in the world but it's all the it's all the other factors that 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 play into it um, yeah. So what um, when so you, you have a, a, a team of Division One elite athletes, what decides who the leaders are in amongst those groups? Uh, that's a good question, because I, I, I tend to uh, think about that myself and look over each year. Uh, most of the time, it's the the most elite athlete on the team people tend to cling to that person because they are the best on the team okay you don't you don't necessarily have to 
ask for captains or nominate captains from a uh, coaching staff perspective. It kind of just happens. Uh, but sometimes those elite athletes don't want to be at that level and have all the pressure from their own peers to look up to them and come to them for uh, guidance and stuff like that. So again, as a coach, you need to let that person know like, Hey, people look up to you at what you do. People watch you. It's just like, you know, if you're an athlete, period, little kids and people younger than you look up to you no matter what, mm-hmm. or, you know, how good or bad you are just because you are, an, you are an athlete, you know what I'm saying? Um, so we, 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 it's like a, the, the athlete just, it naturally happens. The coaching staff have to put a bug in their ear and just let them know that, Hey, people, people watch you, people admire you, whether they tell you or not, whether they talk to you or not, people see, they, they, they look to you as the being leader on the team. When are you going to, to speak up and be that leader is when that individual has to come to that, you know, that conclusion and say, okay, I'm going to stand up, say something, uh, be the, be the voice of everybody else. But it's, you know, that same person could be the, the biggest introvert on the team too. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, cause I, I was that way. I, I looked up to people when I was in college, never said anything. Uh, I wouldn't, I wasn't that good. And then my junior year, I became no one in the conference, you know, and then it's like, you know, I had all these people talking to me. It's, it's the same way, no matter what sport it is, uh, the level of competition you put yourself and then boom, just like that. Um, I was talking too much. So okay. <laughs> and everybody start clinging, you know, clinging to the leaders, clinging to the people who are good on the team, come for advice. It's almost it's almost to the thing. If I see somebody who is great, who's a leader, let me let me touch you real fast so I can be get some of that energy from you. Yeah. Whether you no know, not, you know, knowing you can't, but um, that's that's how people cling to those uh, those type of individuals. Gotcha. Yeah. So they just they end up standing out amongst the group. And then yeah. just creating that, you know, that that follower follower type yeah, base yeah. from the rest of the group. That's amazing. Exactly. Yeah. That, yeah. And then also, but to piggyback off that, there are, there are some people who are very vocal that aren't the lead on the team, but they may choose to go a different path and uh, project it wrong. And some people won't follow that person. Okay. You know, even you know, so it, it can go it can go multiple different ways because uh, you know I've I've had individuals where they are they are the elitist on the team they won conference uh they want they want to be the leader but there's individuals on the team don't want you to be that person yeah you know just because of the way you uh deliver your address to everybody too that that it only takes one time okay and then they can fall apart (laughs) (laughs) yeah so um what is um when so when you have, you know, you have your team, you, you have your leaders and, you know, one of the, the foundations of, of athletics is competition, right? So we're, mm-hmm. we're always in competition with ourselves. We're always in competition with the competition, the folks that we're, that we're up against. Um, does that, does that ever get old being in, being in competition um, and always having to outperform? Um, I, I, w- I would say yes. Uh, it, it does. Which is, it goes back to my same same old thing is it goes back to that individual and how they how they handle. It. Okay. Um, but when you have new people coming to the conference, coming to your program every year, it kind of stays at that same level. 
because the older you get, you don't want somebody younger than you beating you either, whether they're worse or better. So it's that it's that natural natural mentality that you you know you want to be better than the youngest person or better than a better person that's better than you. Um, so competition happens every you know just like you're saying happens every day at practice. Uh, if it doesn't, you're not going to be prepared for competition. The people you don't know and have to compete against. Okay. So that that's that's another reason why the competition needs to happen at practice. Every, you know, every so often. Uh, sometimes it can happen every day, but in different drills or situations that we're in too. But if you can't compete against like your teammates or something like that, you're not going to be able to compete against people that you have you really have to compete against. Yeah, yeah. So um, you said 19 years coaching. Um, yeah, yeah. In that 19 years, and and this may, may uh, bring back some memories, but what's been your your busy, your biggest success in that 19 years of coaching so far? Oh man, the biggest success. Oh wow. I think I think there's there's one there's one instance, I think. Um, from an individual that uh, I used to coach and you know, it was only really two or three schools recruiting that person. Um, and then in four years they graduated. Um, it was a really difficult it, it was a really difficult competition. It was, it was a, you know the Southern Conference Championships here in Boone. And um, in, in my mind, I, I said, I need to go say something to this person because this is their last time jumping for App State. Okay. It's their last time, yeah, last time competing in Boone uh, as well. And uh, you're about to graduate, and this is your last opportunity. Um, you know, it was, this is your last jump. It was at this point. It was at this point in time of the conference where uh, they had delayed something they weren't supposed to in the finals, and all the events were done except the four by four. And this person um, set a personal best and broke the uh, conference record by over a foot on that last jump. So that individual, I think that that one uh, that one point in time. Um, propelled her to one of the best in the country in the top 13 in the country when nine of those people were from another country. So she was the fourth best American in the, in the in the country that year. And I think that one time, once it happened, it, it was like an all silence because everybody was waiting on the distance and everything else. Uh, luckily they got a video to because uh, <laughs> my reaction, you know, once they read the number, I just took off running the other direction. I ain't even clap or anything like that or say congratulations. I was just excited uh, for what just happened after me walking down there and having a small conversation like that. And uh, boom, that happened. So, you know, it, it can go, it could have went a lot of different ways. You know, she, you know, that person said she was crying uh, right before the jump and then crying after, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, cause it was a big, it was a big mark. And then that happened in what, 2010 and okay. it's still the Southern conference record. Wow. So nobody's came close within a, a foot and a half of that record. And I thought, you know, before then it was a certain distance and that lasted for 10 years too. Wow. So, you know, and you know, you know, over the course of women's sports, uh, record, of course, records are supposed to be broken. But she jumped something that put her in the top of the country. It, it's going to last a long time. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. That's amazing. So, what is um, what's this person up to now? Uh, she's uh, she's actually an academic advisor at the University of Virginia. 
Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Doing, doing extremely well. So, yeah. Wow. So man, you've, uh, you've definitely created a, uh, a legacy of, you know, folks that continue to, to perform well, um, once yeah. they, once they get out of school, that's amazing. Well, seeing that, and that's one thing uh, we instill with our, our coaching staff, and that's how I choose the coaching staff. It's, it's not so much of the athletic part when we're recruiting you. We once you get here at App State, we want you. We, we're going to prepare you for the real world. How how that's going to affect you, um, and then you know we're going to help you along the way, whatever your endeavors are, whatever direction you want to take. That's that's how we're going to prepare you for that when you leave us. So that way you don't blame Coach McLean later on <laughs> <laughs> right right yeah so it, it it starts with the recruiting process yeah that's, first day that's amazing um so when you're when you're looking at folks who haven't you know yet been able to show you that they can perform at the uh at the high school or at the college level when you're looking at your high school recruits um what are some of the distinguishing factors that that stand out to you um you know, it's 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 whether you you're elite you're elite athletes or um, you know your walk-ons. Um, you, you treat them all the same. You recruit them all the same. Um, There's some people you feel like you in your mind you you got to develop some individuals. Um, but it's to me the biggest thing is your your support system back at home. Okay. Because uh, without a support system back at home, it's going to be difficult for some people. Um, but that right there, it helps a lot when we, when we get them. Okay. Um, so, you know, we have sit down talks with parents when parents come here, ask us questions, we, you know, we ask them, but we've had, we've had like small, a few amount of individuals where they've had a great support system. And when they come here and have to take care of things on their own in college, like the time management thing we were already talking about. And there are some people who don't do well. You know, so it, it it can go both ways. It can go multiple different directions. And um, you, you'll never know as a coach, whatever personalities uh, or traits or uh, athleticism you're looking for or support system with, you know, with no parents and somebody else raising you or with two parents and all the money in the world. Um, when that individual gets here, you never know how they're going to uh, adapt to those things. Uh, and I'll, I'll, I think it don't matter what school you're in, whether mm-hmm. it's a small school in a small setting or a big school in a big setting or vice, you know, vice versa or a big school in a small setting and stuff like that. Um, it's all up to the individual and time management and the things that they put in their life once they get here, how it's going to affect when they come to practice, their teammates and stuff like that. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Um, what has, uh, what's been, um, you know, a, a major challenge that you've had and how you've overcame it as a coach? Um, I, now I'm going to say this, I've been very fortunate, okay. um, no, no, no challenges at all. Um, you know, that, you know, that I'm going to complain about cause you know, nobody really cares. Um, just take all your affairs, you know, to God and he'll, he'll work them all out. That's right. So, you know, that's, that's, that's the biggest, that's the biggest thing. And, uh, you know, uh, things work out really well, but, uh, the, the biggest, the biggest challenge is, uh, being here at App State and, um, it's difficult to recruit minorities to come to Boone. 
Okay. Um, a lot of schools recruit against us uh, for that. Um, you know, as I've done an interview before, maybe three, maybe three, four years ago, on recruiting minorities to boom and stuff like that. Um, because you know, one thing, one thing people don't see that we see when we get here is, um, you know, gosh, I want to do. I really want to go to the mountains and the, it's like the backwoods. You know, App State, their logo is this guy with this beard and a gun. Do you know, do I really want to go? So and, it, you know, I have to have that talk every single time with uh, uh, with minority athletes, every like every single one. Um, yeah. And it's, that's that's probably the most difficult thing. But it's the easiest thing, too, because I went to school here. Yeah. I can tell them my experience and how well it is. And now that I've been coaching here this long. It's it's still the same experience. I love it here. Um, so it's it's my job to take that challenge and uh, throw it in the trash can yeah. and um, keep recruiting uh, individuals um, that's going to be successful. Um, and uh, just tell, you know, it's, it's it is what it is. It actually doesn't matter what school you go to, uh, what country you're going to be in. It's always going to be some type of thing like that anyway. Yeah. So, yeah, we hear it all over the place. OK. Yeah. And, you know, that's. That's a challenge in in a lot of different a uh, lot of different fields too. I know for us, um, you know, working in local government, it's one of the major challenges with um, recruiting uh, firemen and law enforcement. Is yeah. Um, yeah. is you know you want a diverse team, um, but it's hard you know finding uh, minorities that are passionate about that field or that want to come yeah. to your location to actually yeah. pursue their career. Um, so yeah. yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you on that being a, a definite challenge. Um, and another thing that I, I was curious about, so you're the head coach and you have, I assume a, a team of assistant coaches and mm-hmm. they, you know, help lead, help lead your athletes. Um, what's your, uh, what's your leadership style? Like, how do you, how do you lead your leaders? Um, I actually, choose coaches who are great at being uh, having good relationships with athletes and uh, how they're going to progress the athletes in the next four years athletically and mentor them. Because if you if you can't mentor your athletes while they're here outside the coaching realm, outside the coaching piece, um, you're not going to have a connection with them while they're running for you they're they're not going to compete for you no matter what they they may in physical sense but mentally if they don't come to you and confide in you there's no connection and um, that's the way like i've had to you know choose two coaches while i've been here very fortunate um and i got them here and the athletes understand where they're coming from because they came from experience um they're they're a figure that they can see themselves being or a mother or father figure or something like that because we because actually we're, we're taking the place of the parents once they come here you know and that's a piece i tell parents too like you know cause always parents always ask parents what what do you want from me uh and how to how to be in your child's life once they're here outside of being a coach because that, that's my job right you know what other things are you looking for and that those the, the coaches are doing really well. I love it. Uh, the camaraderie on the team is is getting better, and that that's the piece that we want. Awesome. Yeah. Um, one more question before we uh, before yeah. we go. Um, you, you're still working out and everything, right? 
Man, that's probably the wrong question to ask me. <laughs> <laughs> well, I wanted to uh, I wanted to follow it up with: Do uh, any of your athletes ever challenge you? Um, uh, yes, yes. So, so how about this? I'll start with the first question and then go to. The- <laughs> so, I haven't worked out in like seven years. Okay. <laughs> so, like, uh, I actually like my regimen is is watch what I eat. There you go. And then it's like it's all, uh, you know, important, you know, portion style. You know, I never go for a second helping or nothing like that. So I'm able to stay at, you know, stay off some, you know, some pounds. But, you know, during the pandemic, I, I, it was hard. <laughs> <laughs> that was difficult. Um, and I, I still didn't do anything. So I'm like, you know, I'm I'm getting to the point where I'm lazy. I don't want to do push up during every commercial or abs during each mm-hmm. commercial. Um, but I think about it all the time. So I, th- I, you know, I think the thinking part is helping me work out. Maybe I don't, I don't know, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, I play golf you okay. know, once or twice a week. Uh, you know, I try to walk, uh, when I play golf. So, you know, that way I get in a lot of steps, uh, at practice, uh, most of the time I get in about 32,000 steps walking around. So that right there helps a lot. Yeah. Of, of not working out you know i did you know when i get older i'm gonna have to start lifting again so that way i won't have to use a a walker or a cane keep my muscles strong and stuff like that but the the, the challenge piece to your question i've had athletes challenge me all the way up to maybe just short amount of years ago uh and i competed at etsu and against one of my athletes uh uh and i beat him <laughs> and i, give I, I the have business. you know <laughs> yeah, you know, I was like, "Hey, I'm, I'm gonna compete at this meet," and you know, the boy, he was like, "Coach, you, you know, he'll never beat me." And this and this guy was a 24 foot jumper, and then I think I was maybe, yeah, I, I'm not gonna tell my age, but I was in my 30s. Mm-hmm. So and um, and haven't worked out in a while, and I end up getting third off of two jumps. Wow, yeah, and and you know, and competing against collegiate athletes, and you know, it, me competing and knowing what I need to do, and uh. uh that progress going into the meet and the competition, he he's never seen that before, mm-hmm. and so he you know he fouled all three jumps and he's never done it before because he was he was trying to press too hard instead of focusing on his technique, the things that he needs to work on. He was too busy worried about me, and so that's that's the that's another piece where we have to co- you know what we have to do as coaches is try to tell the athletes how to imagine yourself competing on a high level every single time. You know, you don't you don't have to go watch the athlete jump before you just because if you do, you're not you're not paying attention to the small things that you need to fix to make yourself better. It's almost like real life. You know, Mm -hmm. we're over here, you know, especially with social media. We didn't have that when I was in college or growing up. But now people watch other people so much. They want that in their life. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's like, you know, if you focus on the little things that's in front of you and that what you can control, you'll be fine. You know, but, uh, you know, it's the old saying what, you know, a lot of people used to say, keeping up with the Joneses, yeah. there ain't, there's no need for it. Yeah, there's no need for it. Uh, God put us on different levels uh, in on this world and in this life for us to live our life yeah. and uh, to be happy. So if you can't be happy with yourself um, doing your little small things, it's not going to work out for you. Yeah. And, and that was the result for him. It didn't work out for him. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. I love it. I was sure that there was there was a point where you had to show somebody you still got it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's you know, I and it's so funny because me when I when I be, when I became good because I wasn't good uh, when I became decent enough to to whoop some tail, 
I, I had a different, I had, I, I had the Mamba mentality, like Kobe Bryant. Mm-hmm. Cause when I competed, I never talked to anybody. Like not even my competition. And, and for my athlete, every now, every time he jumped, I coached him, you know, yeah. that's I'm, I'm doing cause I'm here for my job first, not for myself. But when it's time for me to jump, I never spoke to him. Yeah. You know, and he didn't know how to handle that. There so, you, you know, and then this is like, man, coach, ain't even talking to me. Like, no, we're not best friends. This is <laughs> this competition. <laughs> So, you know, uh, those th- those things like that helped me out. I watched a lot of people jump before Ralph Boston, Savante Stringfellow, Dwight Howard when I was, you know, in college. Those guys were jumping like 28 feet, broke the collegiate record and stuff like that. So and I, and I watched them and how they competed. And I brought that to uh, to the level where I was and people people didn't know how to handle it. So, yeah. Yeah. I think, um, you know, when it comes to when it comes to leadership, I think that, you know, the greatest take the best parts of others um, and, yeah. and apply that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, coach, man, um, anything else for our listeners before we go? Um, how can they uh, keep up with the track team and the cross country team? Oh man. Uh, thank y'all. Thank you guys for listening. Um, if you guys want to keep up with app state track and field, definitely go to the uh, appstatesports.com website. Um, we have a Twitter account. Uh, we have Instagram account. I have my personal account, but, that's the key word personal. So I don't put track and field stuff on my personal account. That's you know right. what I'm saying? I don't, I don't get paid to do that, <laughs> <laughs> but no, no, I know I normally put stories up about the track team on my Instagram and stuff like that. Twitter is, it's always there, but uh, it's, you know, I started a Twitter page years ago and it's, it's, it's grown exponentially. I'm, I'm really excited, really happy. Um, and, you know, if you guys want to follow, reach out to me, email me, um, you know, anything and just let me know, um, you know, it's, 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 it's always with collegiate sports. Um, it's, it's how, it's, it's how the leader or the per the, the man or the or woman of the program and how they uh, project their team and how they want to be introduced to everybody else. So if you're doing good things, good things that happen uh, on its own. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. To our listeners, thank you for tuning in once again. Uh, And again, there's no fee. We don't run ads on this podcast. We don't plan on doing that, but we do ask that you pay the fee. And that fee is if you've got something of value from this episode, just please share it with somebody else. And once again, thanks for listening to the Lead Well Podcast. I'm the type that's gonna go get it. No kidding. Breaking down a switch in front of your building.